All right, episode two. It's a brand new day. Buddy's got a brand new shirt on. <laughs> asked me if he was wearing it yesterday, um, <laughs> but we have the video proof that that is not the case. Thank God. Um, yeah. <laughs> How you doing this morning, buddy? I am extremely well. Looking forward to. Uh, I'm really, really excited, Colin. I got to tell you, just to be able to share this um, on a broader basis, like we're starting to do. Um, I go to bed looking forward to it. Wake up looking forward to it. And uh, certainly enjoyed talking yesterday, and looking forward to doing so once again today. Sounds All right. great. All right. Cool. Cool. Great. So yesterday we talked about the the origin story of how Zone Motion came to be, how you came to be. And so for everybody listening, uh, if you haven't seen that, I, I highly recommend looking at that first because it's really going to give you an idea of where Buddy's coming from with all this and why he's the person you need to be learning this from. So I think if you haven't seen that yet, obviously you can watch this um, and it won't take away anything from that, but definitely go back. Um, and really understand, you know, his story, where he's coming from, because there's just so many insights that I feel like you've just gleaned from, you know, all your experiences. So it's important that people, that people understand that. But today, today we're going to talk about the zone, right? So yesterday we talked about uh, the origin of zone motion and how the zone was the key to you, you know, really taking your World Series performance to the next level. Um, and then obviously being out of, MLB entirely 18 months later, uh, the zone was sort of the thing that you went searching for because that was where the answers were to that experience. And so today we're just going to talk about what the zone actually is, like what that actually means, because I feel like there are a lot of preconceived notions that people have about the zone and some of them might not be entirely correct. And so we're just going to dispel some of those myths and just give you guys a really no frills, no fluff understanding of what the zone is. So, buddy, I'll, I'll let you kind of take it away. What, what, it, maybe we could start with what is it that the world thinks about the zone um, and, and why that might not be entirely accurate? I think most people think the zone is something that you just stumble across sometimes, right? You have it at bat if you're a baseball hitter few innings if you're a baseball pitcher a few games where you just feel the ease you know it's effortless and um it's so simple and again you're not thinking and things slow down and that you just kind of stumble upon it which is what i thought it was that's what happened to me in the world series i had no idea what happened in my mind and body that allowed my full ability to rise to the surface and so i think most people think that's the case and and they um you know, they utilize breathing techniques and meditation, which is all very, very helpful and all things that we do teach with zone motion. Um, but really what the zone is, is it's your ability to access and develop what we call your library preparation when you need it. And so the library preparation are all the skills that we and you have learned from the time we're on this planet, from the time we're crawling and, and doing all the things that we learned to do uh, and then walking and learning to, you know, learning what we learn in school and cooking and just all the skills that we learn. And then we we start playing sports at a, you know, at a young age and we learn to throw and catch the ball. And all of those skills um, are stored in the middle of the brain, which is the basal ganglia. And, and 
So what's important is to be able to access those skills, that, that library preparation when we need it. And quite often what happens to an athlete is we get in a game and, you know, it becomes hit and miss. We, we, know, we know we're better than what we're showing. And, you know, so what's going on? Why aren't we playing up to our capability in each moment? Um, I knew from my zone experience, the World Series, if I had that experience once, logic tells me, why can't I experience it all the time? Great question. True. Yeah, of course. Something happened. I just didn't get lucky. I mean, some people thought maybe I did get lucky. I realized, no, I, no, I didn't get lucky. I just was able to access my library preparation. And, and certainly, uh, I have to say, I, I picked a good time to do it um, and in the World Series. So, um, I now know that what the zone is. Again, it's your ability to access your library preparation when you need it. And certainly when you need it most, it's, that's ideal. Um, but quite often, we, you know, athletes haven't understood that. And so we understand that. And it's, it's what we teach. And um, it's wonderful. It's really beautiful to teach it. I love teaching it. It completely turns me on to teach it every day. And I see the changes that occur, not just on the field and all sports, but off the field and, and just an overall better sense of well-being, which we understand why that is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when you start to take out that element of randomness, it, it makes a lot of people really interested all of a sudden. Cause I think most people just like you, you know, before your zone experience, and then even after your zone experience, you had this idea that, you know, it, it was just kind of random, like it just happened. And right. I think a lot of people resonate with that. And when you realize that, no, these things are happening for a very specific reason, it's because of the process happening in your brain, all of a sudden you start to shift your mindset and think, okay, well, what are the things that I can do uh, to, to get into this state intentionally as often as possible? Because obviously that's when the best, the best results happen. You're exactly right. And, and so getting a deeper understanding, which is hard to do for a human, <laughs> what is really happening in our brain when we're performing so well? I like to, you know, tell the story, you know, golfer walks off the golf course after shooting, having a terrible round. He says, yeah, I know exactly what I was doing wrong. I was coming across the ball or, you know, he can identify. I wasn't setting my hands at the top. But then you, you ask him, what's, you know, after, after he shot a, you know, a 65 or something. So tell me, what happened today? What allowed you to shoot a 65 versus an 85? And they'll say, I don't know. I was just striking it really, really well. I felt really good out there. I was relaxed. And they don't really understand at the deepest level, you know, that the brain and the brain body connection, what was happening? Why did it happen? And how do I access it? Right. And so that's the key. That's being able to access a library of preparation uh, when you need it. And so I, you know, years ago, um, Prior to getting on this this morning, I was thinking um, something popped into my mind. Years ago, um, after my playing career, I was doing some broadcasting for the Royals on the weekends. And we were, um, we were in Chicago, and I walked into the White Sox clubhouse at that time, and they were mired in a, in a, in a slump. The team was not performing well. And on the chalkboard, the manager or someone had written that slumps are part of the game. And this is before I knew any of this, what I teach now. And I looked at that and I said, something didn't sit right for me there. I said, 
wait a second, I knew enough about the brain-body connection. I said, that, that, that doesn't have to be, a slump doesn't have to be part of the game, right? All a slump is, is just there's a breakdown. There's not enough knowledge of what's taking place when you're playing your best. But once you have that knowledge and the ability to access the library preparation, all the skills you've learned, then a slump shouldn't occur, which, as I mentioned in our podcast, our previous podcast, podcast one, that my first four professional hitting clients showed an average increase of batting average of 79 points. I was flabbergasted when I saw that. And then I, then I realized they were able to avoid the prolonged slump because they systematically knew how to access their library of preparation, right? doesn't mean they always did it. They always done it. They would hit a, a thousand or close to it, right? But they were able to access it. They were able to avoid the prolonged slump, the 0 for 10s, the 0 for 12s. They might go 0 for 4, and then maybe one for two with a walk the next day, then two for three, one for four. There was consistency. There wasn't a lack of confidence. There was sustainable confidence. Sustainable confidence is a byproduct of really understanding at the most fundamental level what's taking place when I'm playing my best and how do I access it, even if I can't access it that day, right? It's not easy stuff, but you can do it, right? You can train for it on a regular basis. The repetition is key. The practices, daily practices, which is what zone motion is all about, are essential. So slumps don't have to be part of the game. And yeah. I want to share one more story, another story. I was with one of my PGA uh, tour golfers. Uh, this is a couple of years ago on, on, on the driving range. We were wherever, we, wherever he was playing. We we're on the range and he hit a, hit a shot, a, a bad shot. And I, and I said, so what happened there? And he looked at me, he said, what do you mean? I hit a bad shot. It's golf. You can't hit every shot well. I said, I understand that you're not going to hit every shot well in golf. There's very little margin for error. It's a very difficult game. But what happened that caused it to go that direction? He said, that's golf. You know, you can't be perfect. I said, I understand that. But something happened. The ball just didn't go there by itself. Something happened in, in your physiology that caused the ball to go that direction. And he just kind of looked at me like, all right, whatever. He might not have been ready to hear that at the time, but that is the truth. And so um, I, I tell that story often because you know, we can master ourselves. When it comes to golf, there is no better game in life to master ourselves because it's a game of very little margin for error. And um, there are processes in our mind and body that are taking place that can make the game very difficult to learn and master. It's also just you when you're playing golf. There's really no other factor except for you. You know, with baseball, there's a pitcher. You might just face a pitcher who's really on. Maybe that pitcher's in the zone. Right. But with golf, it's it's just you and the ball, you know. And so the only the only factor that's going to influence how well you play is where where you are at that place in time. And if you go to a driving range before a golf tournament and watch all the golfers lined up, you know, they're all you could put a blanket over all the balls that are landing, you know, within whatever, 15 feet of the hole, you know, and, and there's they're just they don't miss on the range. And then the tournament starts. Right. And then there's a big separation because they're not accessing that library preparation under pressure and when they need it most. Even, um, you know, I, I like to speak about Barry Bonds, Alex Rodriguez and Prince Fielder, three really amazing former Major League Baseball players had tremendous careers. And what do they have in common besides 
you know, hitting a ton of home runs and just being great, great, great players. Is it generally in the postseason they didn't perform as well as they did during the regular season? Now, Fielder never broke through in the postseason. Bonds and A-Rod eventually did break through. But as great as they were, they really didn't understand what made them great, right? A lot of great athletes, they don't know what they're doing, right? And they don't, and they don't have to necessarily. But all of a sudden, pressure's turned up or they get to a certain age, certain level of their career, and they falter, right? And so without knowing what makes them great, um, their performance diminishes or diminishes in the postseason and, and as it did for Bonds and A-Rod. So really, you know, zone motion is not just for the struggling athlete. Zone motion is for everyone who wants to understand at the deepest level what's taking place when I'm playing my best. And then you have sustainable confidence, right? My clients love sustainable confidence, right? They're never beating their head against the wall. They're just like, okay, didn't work out today. Here's what went wrong. Boom, I'm gonna do my daily practices, keep, keep doing what I'm learning and things turn around quickly. Yeah, and I think about, well, what you said with the, the consistency and this idea that a lot of people believe that slumps are part of the game that it's just it's just something that happens and you know I, I think about it also in a broader context of people who believe that you know maybe depression just happens and it's normal and these other things in life it's just a part of life right and I think when you start to practice zone motion people will start to work with you and we we talked about this a little bit in the last podcast too not only do they know how to consistently access their library of preparation to achieve more on the field or at work or whatever performance domain that they're involved in, but then they also know how to consistently access their, their highest form of themselves, right? So their happiest, most joyful, peaceful self, um, because those two things are connected. So I think, I think it's interesting. You're exactly right. They, they are connected. And it's the, it's the increase in the theta brainwaves. In, in the first research project I did with some golfers, we saw an increase in the theta brainwave state. And at the time, I didn't think much of it. Um, but as I was working with professional athletes, a few times the, the wives of the, the, the professional pitchers I was working with came to me and said, geez, my husband's just happier and he's in a better mood. And I said, well, that can be expected he's performing better. And they'd say, no, it was independent of how they're pitching. And I started to think about it. I'm thinking, hmm, I wonder why that is. And then I went back and I thought about the results from the study with golfers, the increase in the theta state and started to study, study theta. And one of the things I learned was theta actually increases serotonin and oxytocin, two feel-good chemicals, right? And so that was the reason they were feeling better along with performing better. It is the same process in the brain. And so everything we do in life, if you think about it, everything we do in life, we do for one reason, because we want to feel good. I think we may have talked about this on our previous podcast, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe I'm forgetting. But we, um, we always talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every so, conversation we talk about it. <laughs> right, right. It's what we all want to hear. Um, and so everything we do in life, we do for one reason, because we want to feel good, right? And so when we make that the priority, we're achieving our ultimate desire of feeling good, right? Not only are we achieving our ultimate desire of feeling good, 
we're able to achieve our outer desires of performing well. So they do go hand in hand. It is the same process in the brain, which is really a wonderful thing. Yeah, and I think that's a that's kind of a great place for us to to maybe wrap up because it seems that the zone is a state of you know putting the internal first, right? It's you always talk about it's an inside job. And so the zone is really the process of of tuning in, of aligning with that so that you can also have the external rewards that you want, you know, no matter what those are. It's an inside job. You got it. And uh, when you can really master that inner experience, um, a lot of wonderful things happen naturally. When, when an athlete's in the zone, it's, it is just happening, right? It's like, geez, I'm not quite sure what happened. Uh, I, I like to tell the story about Maria Sharapova when she upset Serena Williams in, in, at Wimbledon. And in a post-match interview, someone asked Maria, they said, Maria, you just upset the queen of tennis on the biggest stage. How'd you do it? She said, I had no, I have no idea. I was just in my own little world out there. She was in her own little world out there. She was really inner directed just by chance because she had no idea what happened. But we want to be inner directed by by choice. And um and then good things happen. Yeah, yeah. All right. So that is uh that's probably a good place for us to stop. I think we we covered some really important parts of what the zone is. There's obviously a lot more depth to this than than what we could cover in one podcast. Um, but I think we can we can kind of break down those things for people in, in separate podcasts, you know, things like how, how it works in the brain um, and all, and all that good stuff. I know we talked a lot about the library preparation and things like that. So I'm sure a lot of people would be interested to see like, how does that process work in the brain? Um, so we'll, we'll cover that in the future, but for everybody watching, um, you know, like I said before, you know, definitely go back and, and watch Buddy's story if you haven't already, because I think it's probably the most important podcast, which is why we did it first. Um, but yeah, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I saw some a little bit of engagement on, on Instagram and Facebook when we posted this. Uh, there was a highlight that we posted last time, um, which got some pretty good engagement. So um, yeah, we'll just keep putting some stuff out there and, and, you know, everybody watching, let us know what you know, what sticks for you, like what's, you know, standing out and, you know, what you guys are like really excited about when you hear it. Um, but that's all, that's all from us today, buddy. Uh, thanks again for joining. And Thank you, Colin. yeah, we'll see everybody next time. Take care. Bye-bye.